Welcome back to the Mainstream Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Merle, and with me is, as always, my co-host, Larry. Welcome back, guys. We're here, as always, to discuss all things paranormal, cryptids, and other out-of-this-world topics. And our music intro is brought to you by Shortcut Productions. So, Merle, what's the subject for today? Well, let me look at my uh, my notes here. Looks like we are going to be discussing. What are we discussing today, man? We are discussing skinwalkers. Awesome. Skinwalkers and a few stories to go with them. So, tell us just a little bit about a skinwalker. Alright, and um, a skinwalker is actually in not from the Navajo culture. It's a legend, and it's actually called in Navajo, Yi Nagalushiai. It, it's a type of harmful witch which has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise itself as an animal. The, uh, the term that you mentioned... Yinagalushiai? Yeah, it actually translates to he who goes on all fours in their language. It's kind of, kind of interesting. So it kind of goes back to, you know, like what you were talking about, um, coyotes and... Um, other creatures like that, you know, um, the uh, the uh, skinwalkers also they say is a witch, not just a shaman, but a witch. Right. So. Yeah, um, and it the le- the legend of the uh, the skinwalkers, you know, it's it's not really well understood outside of the Navajo Navajo culture. Right, and it's mostly due um, to their reluctance to discuss it with any kind of outsiders. Yeah, um, they think that if they discuss it publicly, that it they will actually get some kind of um, retribution toward them if they talk about it. Um, they also believe skinwalkers walk freely among their tribes. And they secretly transform in the cover of night. Hmm. But they also say that, you know, the skinwalker could be either man or woman. It's just not right. gender related. Right. And as we were talking, um, or as you mentioned, you know, the animals associated with witchcraft, you know, um... It usually includes tricksters, you know, such as the coyote, like you were talking about. Yeah. And, um, but they can include other creatures, usually associated with death or bad omens. Yeah, like the, uh, uh, a coyote, like you said, an owl, a fox, a wolf, or a crow. Um, It's just weird how, you know, 
a witch can turn herself into a, a crow, you know, or himself. But yeah, this um, yeah, this podcast, you know, if it seems like we're you know a little slower on the go, it's you know we just got off the graveyard shift, so. Sitting here enjoying a cup of coffee, talking to you folks. Um, so we're, you know, we're just enjoying our time with you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we can be, you know, at home, you know, with our families, but, you know, we have fun doing this, so. That's right. Um, back to the skinwalker real quick. Um. You know, they say that the skinwalkers wear the skins of animals they transform into, but it is also in the Navajo um, belief system that is taboo to wear the pelt of any animal. Hmm. Um, And they're only known to wear only two two types of pelts. It's either sheepskin or buckskin, which are only used for ceremony purposes only. Hmm. Yeah, um, but instead instead of just, um, you know, dressing up like these animals, they can also possess the living animals or people and and walk around in their bodies, and they possess them just by locking eyes with them. That's right. I mean, Um, you, you would never know, like, what's... You know who you're talking to. You know until you know at that one moment, yeah. And you know, like you know, that last moment where you see just that weird look. You know, something changes real quick. Yeah. Um, They say that those who have talked of their encounters with these uh, these evil beings describe a number of ways in which a skinwalker will try to inflict harm. Some even describe hearing knocks on windows or banging on walls after discussing it. Hmm. But they say that um, the uh, the skinwalker will not harm anybody that's not non-Native American Navajo. So, like, people that are not Native American Mm-hmm are you know quote unquote safe but they're really not because the skinwalker can take the form of you know like a native american come off you know and uh, do harm to somebody right because they're influenced um there was a uh, story that i remember seeing where a uh, navajo gentleman was on a bus and they said that he started just getting this really, like, anger, like, look on his face. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he started sweating, rocking back and forth. And they said that um, he reached into his uh, duffel bag and pulled out a knife. And people on the bus were like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he just started, like, um, chanting real law, uh, soft guttural. Mm-hmm. And he got up and he went over to the guy that was kind of category, cornered from him 
on the other aisle. Right. And just started massively attacking this guy. And some people believe that it was a skinwalker that had got into that Native American to inflict harm on people. And the guy, the the gentleman that did the attack, and of course he went to prison and all, said he doesn't remember a thing about it. Right. And all, you know, everything that was said was from the eyewitness accounts of what happened before they subdued him. So, I mean, it's it's very interesting. Um, let's see here. Take a look at some notes here. Oh yeah, here's a here's a fun fact. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's um, there's cer- certain skinwalkers also have the ability to enchant the powder of corpses and use the substance as poison dust on their victims. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Um, there was a uh, a story about um, a uh, skinwalker uh, watching this woman, and uh, her mother was full-blooded Navajo, and her father was Irish. Oh, okay. And. Um, she had never been anywhere east of Montana, and she grew up in Nevada. And one year, when she was in grade school, um, some friends of hers went to visit. And uh, most of the visits, you know, were pretty boring, you know, going to visit somebody, you know. And um, she kept her curtains drawn and shut and always peek out. And when somebody asked her what she was doing, she would always go... The skinwalker, the skinwalker is watching me. And, That's creepy. <laughs> you know, they just thought it was like you know one of those things. You know, if you don't, if you're not good or you don't behave, something's gonna get you. Right. So her friends thought that was the, the case. She didn't realize they didn't realize it was part of her belief system, and she was just being mindful. Right. So. Um. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of stories, um, this one, um, there was a story of uh, um, this person that um, their uncle was Mexican, but their, uh, his Mexican and uh, um, Native American said um, the story actually took place in the Mojave Desert in Southern California, and he was dri- apparently he was driving around with his girlfriend late at night, and they saw something. It said it looked like a huge black dog. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of a lot of what's interesting about that, you know, there's always the 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 black dog um, legend too. As far as like a lot of truck like truck drivers and stuff. Yeah. Or eighteen-wheeler drivers, however mm-hmm. you want to say it, see this black dog, like especially when they're over, t- when they're really tired. tired, yeah, and which caused a lot of accidents. But um, saw this huge black dog on the side of the road, and he said he slowed down, and the dog began crossing the road. Uh, instead of walking like a normal dog would, this thing moved like a toy rocking horse. Hmm. I said, um, 
He said it stopped in the middle of the road and stared right at them. And its eye... Whoa. <laughs> that, oh. I think my computer is going crazy again here. <laughs> wow. That was loud. Sorry about that, folks. Mm, hopefully we can get a, our producer to edit that out. <laughs> How many people jumped on that one? But, uh, all right, um, said its eyes had a red glow to them, and, um, said that this, um, uncle, apparently it just, it just scared the crap out of him, because, I mean, you don't see this black dog crossing the road, but it's going to walk like a rocking horse, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a... Inchworm kind of motion. Yeah, right. That's kind of odd. There, you were talking about the black dog reference. Mm-hmm. There's another story of basically the same kind of description. It said uh, this guy was visiting his uh, grandparents in New Mexico, and uh, they're on the Northern Navajo Nation Fair. Well, they were at the Northern Native Navajo Nation Fair that week, and um, him and his people, and they were talking very reluctant to talk about skinwalkers you know because it might attract attention and all that and uh, it said that uh, he was a skeptic and his mom used to tell him how back in the 80s when she lived with her siblings and grandparents um, on the res and how much um, she and her aunt always saw a skinwalker just outside their driveway under a streetlight she described it as a black dog with dirty fur and a twisted noodle-like front leg and unnatural eyes with a soft burnt orange glow. Hmm. Um, this guy also goes on saying that um, these doubts in mind, I went to visit my grandparents. Me and my family had just visiting, going to the carnival, and um, the house was close enough where we could walk 10 minutes away. We got there about 9, and we stayed up till 2, and uh, it was during that time I just decidedly opened my mouth and blurred out the question, hey, are skinwalkers real? And they said, uh, you shouldn't be asking that, well, speaking that out, um, out loud, my grandma said, with almost a disturbed yell in her voice. Um, and she and my grandfather both decided to go to bed after being scolded by my uh, parents and one of my aunts, chimed in to be very cautious. They said, these... Uh, they're real, all right, and just a, um, and had a few start screaming outside of my trailer in Farmington just a couple nights ago. And she was talking about her uh, family members having nightmares because of it. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and um, it goes on to say that uh, later on that night, for about a good five seconds, he actually saw one underneath the porch light for some reason. Hmm. Something made him take a look, and there it was. And He said that, uh, uh, what was it? He says, oh, my God, it's almost 3 a.m. What do you want? Um, I immediately began in a shaking voice. There's something scary outside. And, uh, since then, he has been a believer. Wow. 
it just goes to show, I mean, some of this you cannot take lightly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've, you've got to take everything at point uh, face value. Otherwise, you don't know what's going to happen. So, oh, I dropped my pen. <laughs> oh, that was loud. Yeah, um, I've got another story here. It's um, apparently this happened to somebody about um, 12 years ago. Uh, they said that their family uh, owned a ho owned a farm in the, the middle of the Indian Reservation. Right. And uh, so one winter, um, they were walking home for Christmas, taking care of the farm. I'm sorry. They they were home for Christmas, taking care of the farm while their parents were doing some Christmas shopping. Mm -hmm. And uh, said that they were home by themselves um, late into the night and heard all the cows kind of freaking out. And said they knew it was um, it had to be a wild dog or wild dogs that are that run rampant in that area. Right. So they. Or threw on some boots, grabbed a shotgun, loaded it, and headed out to the field. Said it was kind of the perfect scenario for a horror movie. It was cloudy, uh, but there was a full moon. So it was kind of breaking through the clouds, you know. And um, it was ju just right to light, like, to light up the snow. So apparently it was, it was snowing quite a bit out there said um ran to the middle of the field and just in time uh he sees two dogs they're standing up facing each other and fighting and he thought um perfect two for one so he pumped a shell into the chamber and then it happened the dogs heard the the, the rack of the the shell into the chamber and um they stopped and looked at him and then ran away on their back legs. What? So, yeah. So, he said he immediately froze and then um, every ghost story about skinwalkers and all the other native le legends that he grew up with started flying into his mind. Hmm. Well, um, the Navajo Reservation has this group of uh, law enforcement. They're called the Navajo Rangers. And the Navajo Rangers actually, if I can find my notes, um, actually do, um, their, their uh, mission statement is to safeguard and preserve um, the Rangers have also been involved in surprising large amount of paranormal cases. Um, a retired Ranger um, said that these cases account for 1% of their cases that they investigate, but still consider them to be a significant part of their job. Now, not many law enforcement have a division just kind of geared for paranormal. Right. So that's going to tell you the significance of 
this on their on the reservation, you know, in their right. in their cultural belief. Um, they actually go out and they look and investigate the the reports and the uh, the sightings of these paranormal accounts for like the skinwalkers or something else that you know they believe is bothering them. All right. So, and I, I think that's great. Um, I, I wish other people would believe and take take a little more serious when take things more serious. Yeah. Because just because you can't see something or put your finger directly on it, right, doesn't mean that you're crazy or um, it's not there, right. So I just wish there was more about it, you know. Um, I mean that's kind of you know what we do, though. You know, I mean yeah. we're not we're not law enforcement, but no. But we do investigate, right. And we, we take take every claim seriously. We we get all the facts, and we sit there and we try to figure out what's the best course on how to proceed. Right. You know. Um, back to the skinwalkers. You know, the stories were told among Navajo children to you know to be to so that they can understand the the life and death struggles that end in either. The skinwalker and Navajo killing each other, or personal encounter stories, they end in stalemates. So there's like a, um, uh, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? It's, you know, the circle of life, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. Right. Or the good versus evil situation of it. Okay. Um, some of the stories may be comprised of, um, Navajo victory stories and um, some of them may be you know about the vulnerability of um, taking things not serious <coughs> no excuse me this crazy weather we've got in um, Mississippi is just it's nuts yeah. It's one, got, got everybody. So. Yeah, one one minute it's 65 degrees, and the next day it's like 32. Literally. It, it's crazy weather. And our little office is... It's got its moments where it's nice and chilled and nice and comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me again. Yeah, I don't... Sometimes I don't know if the, the chill is just because of the cold or if it's just the topic and you know you just get that chill that runs yeah. down your back it's like a minute ago when we were talking about the skinwalkers and your phone um, not your phone but your uh, computer yeah chimed in I mean that was kind of crazy crazy timing right hmm. um so yeah the uh, the um I mean it's like if you're out in the woods Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever had that feeling where you're hunting and it just feels like you're being watched? And you know you're by yourself in the woods. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that quite a bit, too. So, it kind of falls in the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
It'd be crazy. The crazy fun. Yeah. Um, but there, I mean, there's all kinds of you know different uh, facts and stuff about them. You know, um, it said um, skinwalkers are said to recruit more skinwalkers themselves. Um, there's kind of a dispute on how this happens, but some say there is an official ceremony, the skinwalkers, and that uh, the skinwalkers only take their form with a gathering of people and specific chants. And another, a big one is um, with all their advantages, the skinwalkers. Right. It said that um, you can kill a skinwalker. If you, if you call them by their true human name. To find out the true name of the skinwalker, yeah. that means you would have to have personal knowledge of it being both. Right. And the odds of that... You would literally have to seriously watch or find them changing. Right, yeah. Because if... If you don't call it the right name, I think you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, definitely. And for some reason, my, my uh, computer's acting up now. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. But uh, <coughs> it also says that... Um, Skinwalkers um, are said to be able to run incredibly long distances, and some say like 200 miles in one evening. Man, if I could run 200 miles, you know, that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be totally yeah. fun. And that they have a tendency to hang hang around <laughs> graveyards. And can dig up graves at impossibly fast speeds. Which I guess is where they get their powder from the corpses. To use as poison dust or whatever yeah. we said before. I was going to say, they hang around cemeteries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what do we? Yeah. I mean, yes, we hang around cemeteries. Yes, we do. But not in any weird fashion. We we do investigations. Yeah. Well, if my computer would quit acting stupid, what just happened there? Pop-ups. <laughs> there we go. Let's see what we got. This site says... Um... Let's see here. Some things that we probably already gone over, it looks like. Um, says, one, they, 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 they can steal the faces of uh, different people. And as pure somebody that says, you know, what you mentioned a minute ago. Mm -hmm. um, it says, if you accidentally lock eyes with a skinwalker, they can absorb themselves into your body and take control of your actions. So that's how they possess people. Right. Looking, uh, locking eyes with them. Uh, rare skinwalkers... Um, can also have the ability to enchant 
the powder of corpses. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, <coughs> the legend of the skinwalkers or, ornates from the Navajo. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, yeah, there was a... Um They, they've been seen all over the United States, but mostly near native reservations. And I don't I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but some people believe that the, is it the rake or the reiki? Reiki. Uh, which is commonly encountered in northeast is similar to the skinwalker. Really? Mm-hmm. And also, it kind of goes back That's to, cool. isn't it, um, like, in the north... Um, the Northwest, the um, the Wendigo. Yeah, the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wendigo is uh, uh, more of a northern. Right, more of like the the Blackfoot type. Yeah. Area belief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. It says here, skinwalkers have only entered the public discourse relatively recent compared to other phenomenon. In 1996, a team of scientists ventured into a Utah ranch to investigate a series of uh, bizarre phenomenon. Let's see what else it says. That's all it says. It doesn't say if they uh, found out anything or not. Um... Yeah, that we'll actually get get a little bit more into that. Um, if I can find my information. Yeah, you're talking about that Utah Ranch. It was um, it's known um, it's known as Sherman Ranch. Okay. It's a 512 acre acre ranch southeast of Ballard, Utah. Is it also known as Skinwalker Ranch? It is. That's what I was thinking. Let's see here. Um, There's a lot of these stories that you can actually read about the uh, Skinwalkers online. Um, some of them pretty, pretty lengthy. <coughs> but folks, I don't, I don't see where, you know, where people would. Some people would, but I don't see a lot of the people that post these mm-hmm. would post them as hoax or anything. Because if somebody knows this person, right. They're going to get real cute, you know, because they're like, uh, you know, but I don't, I don't see people that actually have a true story about something that's going to be, you know, keeping this from other people. They want the knowledge out there. They want people to know, yes, this is real. This is what's going on. You know, it's just not a bedtime story. Yeah, that's a lengthy stories. 
bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, there's... <coughs> there's tons and tons of stories. I mean, you've got... I mean, mo most of these stories are going to come from, you know, um, people in the Navajo culture. Right. You know, because most outsiders don't really... It's not that they don't understand it or have a good understanding. It's that, you know, like we said before, it's... They're not really going to possess or take over somebody who's not you know Native American right but like you said before with that that story of the um, the gentleman on the bus on the bus yeah so I mean they're gonna they'll take possession of you know Native Americans person mm -hmm. and you know it can um act out all these different, you know, crimes and, um, you know, attack, attack people and that's how they get out, get to the outsiders right. is through the Native American. Exactly. Not themselves. And now we're not saying like if you, you know, if you're not part of the Navajo, Navajo culture, but you live, say, right outside the reservation. Right. You know, if if you're inside or around that reservation, you know, you may encounter a skinwalker, you know, in its animal form. Right. And you may not even know that's what it is unless it's, unless you've provoked it in some right. way. Other than that, you really don't have anything to worry with. You know, which is a good thing. And I mean, there, you know, there's a lot to learn. I personally believe from the Native Americans. You know, right? I mean, they just have have a culture that's and uh, understanding, you know, of life that yeah, not everybody. You know, life and nature and everything else that we can't even possibly fathom. I mean, their their whole belief system and their, I guess you would say their existence, has always been the earth right. to keep things in balance. Right. And that's the way things should be. And once things get out of balance, that's where you get the skinwalkers, the Wendigo, the, the, um, oh, what is it? There's, uh, one up in Can uh, Canada, um, uh, it's called the Bear Walk. Hmm. Huh. And, um, it's kind of like the Wendigo. Right. You know? But, uh, it just... Oh, the coffee's getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> But I, it's just, it's, um, it's just something that they're, it's embedded in their belief system. Right. 
and there's a lot of truth behind it because mm-hmm. there's so much history either it's written down lately because everything in Native American culture has always been oral right everything's passed down <coughs> from one person to another from, through to stories another. so it's either going to be oral or it's going to be here lately you know written down right and it's just something that we as non non-Native American people should take a look at. They, you know, they they were here before us. Right. They have a lot to teach people. And we just need to open our eyes and listen. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I think if we actually sat down and listened and read some of their stories and read some of their beliefs and everything, you would see there was a lot of um, connection to the right. way we believe in everything. That's just me. I'm weird. You know, I think <laughs> these things. Let's see here. Yeah, my computer is acting up, so trying to pull up resources now is not working. So, lucky me. So while you're doing that, um, you want me to give you a little uh, history on uh, Skinwalker Ranch? Yes. All right. Apparently, um, Skinwalker Ranch, like we said before, known as Sherman Ranch, is site of uh, all kinds of paranormal and UFO-related activities. I what I I never. I didn't know about the UFO and started, I started doing some research, this research. And it um, says, uh, claims that the ranch first appeared, claims about the ranch first appeared in the Salt Lake City, Utah, um, Desert News, and later in alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury. As a series of articles by j- journalist Greg Knapp, 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 K N A P P, Knapp, Knapp. Okay. These early stories detailed the claims of a family that had recently purchased and occupied the property, only to experience an array of inexplicable, inex, ex, yeah, inexplicable. Sorry, my throat's a little dry. And frightening events. Uh, the ranch is actually bordering the the Ute Indian Reservation, mm-hmm. and was po- uh, was popularly dubbed the UFO Ranch due to its fifty year history of odd events said to have taken place there. Huh. Um, there was a. Su- this nap and uh, kill her. Cite a nineteen seventy four book, the Utah UFO Display, a scientist report by Frank Salisbury yeah. and Joseph Junior Hicks, which details an early investigation into alleged UFO sightings in that area. 
and um, apparently they saw and investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that included vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings and sightings of unidentified flying objects or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes that they were that they were that they say were unscathed when struck by bullets and invisible objects emitting emitting destructive magnetic fields it says among those involved listen to this uh, retired US Army Colonel John B Alexander who characterized the NIDSI effort as an attempt to get hard data using a standard scientific approach. Really? Yeah. And apparently this um, the cow mutilations have been a part of the folklore of the surrounding area for decades, but this NIDSI founder, Robert Bigelow, mm -hmm. purchase of the ranch an investigation funded was Funding was reportedly the result of being convinced by stories of mutilations that include tales of strange lights and unusual impressions made in the grass and soil told by the family of the former ranch owner, Terry Sherman. And here's where we come up with that 1996. Um, and it says, 1996 skeptic James Randi Awarded Bigelow a Pegasus award for for the funding funding of the purchase of the ranch by Harvard professor John Mack huh. and author Bud Hopkins for what Randy called a said called it a useless study of a supernatural paranormal or occult. See, unless you go and start reading, trying to read some books on Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. there's not a whole lot of actual stories out there. Right. I was, uh, I pulled one up, and it it kind of got my attention because we were talking about the Skinwalker, uh -huh. and it said that um, the, uh, the ranch... Um, in some cases, the Skinwalker Ranch has an unusual wolfish canine that seems to be the spirit's preferred manifestation, which goes back to Skinwalker. Right. Described as a huge wolf, the creature has traits that observes, the observers say are not normal, such as walking upright, running on all fours, um, with an erratic, crooked gait, and uh, brazenly approaching humans in broad daylight. Researchers also analyzed the drawings and photos of this uh, this huge wolf, and in, they say that the pictures resemble an extinct type of wolf called a dire wolf. Really? Yeah. Um, there's a story from 1994. Um, it says Gwen and Terry Sherman purchased the ranch and moved their family and livestock to the site. 
the day they took position, uh, possession, as they were unpacking, they spotted an enormous coyote or wolf in one of their pastures. Strangely, animal approached them and family members began to pet it. And it began raining. It had been a rainy day and the Shermans said the creature smelled like a wet dog. Um, after a few minutes, the wolf sauntered over to the livestock pen and grabbed a calf by the nose, trying to drag it through the corral bars. Uh, Mr. Sherman and his father beat the animal to make it release the calf. When that failed, Mr. Sherman shot the animal with a three fifty seven Magnum at point-blank range. Wow. Um, it said it kept, it kept its jaws on the calf, and then after they shot it again, and it released the calf, but it didn't run off. It stood watching the family. Mr. Sherman continued shooting with the same three fifty seven Magnum, <laughs> but there was no blood or sign of injury on the animal, although it began to back off. Mr. Sherman then grabbed a hunting knife, well, grabbed a hunting rifle, sorry, a hunting rifle and shot again at point-blank range. Finally, a shot produced a piece of skin and hair from the wolf, but the animal was still calm. Dang. Um, after a few more shots, it trotted off across the pasture into a wet, brushy area. Uh, Mr. Sherman tracked it for more than a mile, but the trail vanished. Um, those who were there that day recalled the, that the remaining hair and flesh had a foul smell, like a rotting meat. A few weeks later, Miss Sherman encountered a wolf so large its back was parallel to the top of her window as it stood beside her car. Wow. Um, that's a, a big wolf. Yeah. And the dire wolf, they're actually... Uh, I've read a story where scientists are actually... They found the remains of a dire wolf and there was like possessable DNA still in the I think it was like the canine teeth or the the bone marrow where it had been preserved so well mm -hmm. and that they were actually trying to clone it with a regular wolf right. and mix the uh, DNA with it to get the dire wolf to come back into population so I'm wondering if they've actually done this and this Skinwalker, uh, Skinwalker Ranch is actually a testing ground for clones. Right. I mean, it, it's a possibility. I mean, it's 400 and some acres. Yeah. So, why not? You know? If they kill it, if it can be killed, if that's the case, who's going to know? It's out in the middle of a freaking desert. Right, things disappear. You know, from what I, from what I remember reading, like several years ago, seen an article come up and about Skidwalker Ranch, but it's almost like it's closed off from outside, kind of like Area Fifty One. You know, yeah, it's got a military presence around it. Yeah, they um, the Shermans. Uh, actually got rid of the ranch. Let's see here. 
trying to it says the Shervis departed the ranch uh, moved to the ranch with a herd of uh, rare expensive cattle uh, but when so many were mutilated and killed they realized they would be bankrupt if they didn't move and let their livestock to a safer location they had lost 20% of the herd to mutilations according to David Perkins the writer the Shermans were conflicted they didn't want to pass on the ranch uh, strangeness to another person but they had to sell it uh, so let's see here the ranch had been had hosted researchers and military intelligence officers interested in the high numbers of UFO sightings one of them had put the Shermans in touch with Robert Bigelow the millionaire and founder of Bigelow Aerospace of Nevada um, Bigelow had invested part of his fortune in UFO research and he bought the ranch in 1996 so that's two years after they bought it in 1994 they've lost 20% um, of, of their herd in two years yeah or less than two years because something was killing it right and now this guy from uh, Robert Bigelow who is from Bigelow Aerospace buys it for UFO research and since like since like what you said um, Bigelow had recently formed the National Institute for Discovery of Science that's where the I was getting that mid side then yeah so which is also uh, what was it uh, let's see here uh, it said that uh, he turned the ranch into a paranormal research site uh, he focused on calculations and black triangle UFOs uh, he reported inter interdimensional portals sketch uh, Bigfoot sightings light anomalies occasional tropic birds in the trees disembodied voices and yes a resident skinwalker a retired army colonel John Alexander with a resume lifted from the X-Files joined Bigelow hmm. and since then this ranch has been off limits to everybody nobody can get anywhere near it right They've got military signs posted all over it, like Area 51. They've got cameras. They've got uh, heat sensors. You name it. Perimeter's covered. You can't get near this place. Right. You might be able to get to the front gate. You're not getting past it. Unless you actually have an invite onto the ranch. So, That's what, what we need to see. We need to get us an invite. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. be like what's across this fence so I mean I would love to find out yeah I would like to go I mean they've actually on this one side about the skin uh, skinwalker ranch that I was just looking at they actually had a picture of the wolf huh and it was huge that was a big wolf and it was it was the front of its body was taller than the back part. So it's kind of like up in an angle. 
Right. You know, the back legs were shorter, the front legs taller. And um, it showed a picture of a weird-looking wolf that someone had taken with a telephoto lens, you know, mm-hmm. apparently. Right. So, it's just crazy. I'd like to go. Yeah. So. I don't know who all was ready to go with me, but it would be a fun uh, fun thing. And the one I just looked up, if you do the search for Skinwalker Ranch, it says, is Skinwalker Ranch home to an unearthly dire wolf? What's the link? The link. Yeah. And it just goes from there. And I mean, Army Colonel Rever- reveals amazing story on YouTube. Huh. Uh, Oh, sir, they got photos. I wonder what. Uh, see if my computer will work. Oh. Now, if, if another computer acts crazy, we're uh, we're shutting this thing down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Again, my computer's like lagging for some reason. Anyway, um, I don't know what our time is. I don't know how long we've been. Uh, talking to you guys how's it looking we're we're approaching an hour all right 54 minutes something like that all right well let's uh let's just end it right there all Uh, right we've covered this topic and uh um next thing will be um trying to prepare for our upcoming investigation possible investigation i hope it goes through i hope we can actually get into the place just waiting to hear back. Right. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them what the investigation is? Well, Poss- this is... Possible uh, investigation. Possible investigation. It was actually brought brought to us um, by a, a family member of mine who is friends with the, the owner of this property, which is up near... Shiloh National Battlefield. Okay. Civil War Battlefield. Alright. And apparently it's only several miles from the actual park. Which, that whole area was battlefield. Yeah. Now keep in mind folks, Shiloh uh, National Battlefield, uh, Civil War Battlefield, they will not let anybody on the property at nighttime. They won't let any paranormal investigators there, period. Um, which we can understand because they're afraid that people are going to tear up the property and right, you yeah. know, cause problems and all that. And out of respect for if there are, are still bodies there, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Right. So it, it's, you know, got to be respectful, you know, of uh, Civil War uh, historical places and everything. So we're good with that. Right. And I mean... Now, if any listeners actually would like to visit this battlefield, you know, it's... Oh, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Especially in the springtime. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a... Because it's, it's right there by... Got that... Right there by the river. Yeah. By the Tennessee River. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently this... The woman who owns this proper, property has had all kinds of things going on there. From um, noises to um, 
or I want to say, um, doors opening and closing, okay. um, cabinet doors opening and closing. Apparently, she threw some clothes into her dry washer or dryer, and clothes come flying back out. That's crazy. That's craziness. And apparently, um, his family member of mine was there recently and said that she was walking towards the door and it's like something shoved her into the coffee table. So, I mean, it's getting kind of more violent, I guess. Yeah, aggressive. But apparently people see, you know, Civil War soldiers outside the home and... Didn't you say something about uh, artillery sound or... Yeah, you could hear, um, like, cannon fire and... um, Artillery fire. I wonder. Let's see here. We need to find out if they do like um, any cannons at certain times, just for the battlefield itself. Right, but from what I, I can remember from the last time I went there, the only time they do is during reenactment. Reenactment only. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've actually been to the reenactment one time. Um, it'd be interesting to go there. You know, I'm yeah. hoping we can get in and do the investigation. Yeah, we're um, just waiting. We're more, we have permission. We're just more waiting on the time frame. Time frame. I'm there, man. I am all about it. Um, we, uh, um, we're still, we're still looking for, um, a few more people, if I'm understanding that right, for uh, paranormal research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, basically, there's we have, we have just a, a few members right now. Yeah. We've, We've got, got at least one more possible. Okay. But we're still we're still looking for people who are you know, interested and have an open mind for this kind of stuff. People are, um, like you said, open-minded, but we also don't want people that's going to try to lead. Right. You know, kind of uh, unfalsify or falsify information. Right. You know, hey, I got scratched, and they scratch himself. You know, it's it's not what we're we're doing we're trying to keep everything credible mm-hmm. and exactly. we, we don't want false information um, you can't get anywhere and that's that's a big part of the paranormal research um, field right now is I've heard a lot of people uh, scoffing about it I guess you would say because there's a lot of people out there hoaxing right. a lot of stuff and then you got people like us that are genuine and trying to keep everything legit and build up our credibility and everything. And you got people, you know, being stupid. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh. Wow, you sneezed and it lit up the whole board. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we, we just want more people like the way we investigate. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, 
that way we if you know they say they saw something we can actually stand behind that person and say all right let's see what the evidence is let's see what's going on and get our information and go from there right um now keep in mind also people a lot of paranormal researching that's a lot of debunking too i mean not everything is paranormal you know so yeah, I mean, them slant, opening and closing doors, you know, it could be a draft, something like exactly. that. Exactly. You, know, you don't know until you, you know, test stuff and, you know. Exactly. It's like here at my house. Um, if you don't shut the door just right and it latches, mm-hmm. the door going from the uh, kitchen into the garage, if you don't latch it just right... <laughs> The draft will actually cause it to open up. And we were sitting there. This was last year. It's kind of a crazy, funny story. We were sitting there, and um, all of a sudden, the door opened up on its own. And I just looked over, and uh, everybody was looking at me like, what? And I was like, and I saw it kind of moving back and forth, so I knew it was, you know, like a... uh, Oh, I just went brain dead. Help me out. Um, a draft. Yeah. Okay. I went brain dead. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's still early. Um, but I mean, when you see when, you know, you know the door is moving with a draft when you kind of see it kind of fluttering right. a little bit. And you, if you time it just right, you can have all kind of fun with this kind of stuff. So I was like, look, all right, you're inside. Shut the door. And as soon as I said that, the door shut. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you can hear if the door latches. Right. You know, and it didn't latch. So I knew the door was fixing to come open again in just a few minutes. So I was like, all right, are you inside or are you out? I don't know. And about that time the door opened up again, I said, okay, fine. Either you're going in or you're going out. Which one is it? And the door <laughs> shut again. And everybody was looking at me like, uh, um, we're leaving. <laughs> and, you know, I just got up and all I did was shut the door. And once you do that and it latches, you're good. Um, another funny story is like with, uh, which is debunked. My son and all this infinite craziness, I guess you would say, for lack of a better word. I want to say stupidity, but you know, yeah. Um, what was it last year or the year before that Charlie Charlie? Yeah, crud was going around. Yeah, he was doing that Charlie Charlie thing. Yeah. you know, and uh, we were out eating, and about that time I get a phone call, and his—I mean, you can hear in his voice—he was panicked, he was scared, and I was like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "When you coming home? When you coming home?" And I was like, "Why? What's going on?" He was like, "When you coming home? We're scared." I was like, "Of what?" He was like, we were sitting there doing the Charlie Charlie thing, and I said, um, give us a sign you're here. Make, make, you know, move something. Bang on something. And about that time, the um, extension cord over, that's on a shelf that's over a washer and dryer mm-hmm. fell. And the big end of that um, extension cord hit the dryer. And, of course, you know, anything that hits the top of a dryer is going to make an 
ungodly sound. It's just boom. And as soon as it did that, there I mean it was perfect timing, you know. Right. They freaked out. Him and his girlfriend freaked out. They they were literally outside. They waited for us to get home. <laughs> and what it was is earlier we had um, been going through the shelf looking for something and the cord just wasn't put back on the shelf right. You know, and it right. happens, yeah. you know. But it was just perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's all fun, you know. Yeah. And then you have your moments when it's not debunked and you can't explain it and that's when you know you actually have something that's very very uh satisfying yeah so all right well i'm a- all right and i was actually fixing to ask you what we have up coming on our oh hopefully our next episode yes our next episode we actually have a very special episode coming up um we we always ask our our followers and our listeners to um send in some stories if they want to of their um their own of their own uh happenings um whether it be paranormal or whatever well we actually have an episode coming up <coughs> a guy named Andrew Dexter from Wales uh which we're we're proud to have i mean Thank yes, you. Yes. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. All the way from Wales. Yes. In one of his stories that happened to him. And we're, we're actually going to go over it. Uh, we're going to read it and uh, talk about it in our next episode. All right. I mean, that, that sounds pretty good to me. I guess we're going to go ahead and close it out here. So. All right. So, I'd like to say thank you from all of us here at Mainstream Paranormal and Mainstream Paranormal Podcast. That, um, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening, and as always, we'll see you on the other side. Have a great day, guys. Mm-hmm.